0: You're listening to Where We Are, a weekend conversation on faith, politics, family, and culture hosted by me, Michael Ware, and my wife, Melissa. We bring our wide-ranging experiences in politics, ministry, and nonprofit life to bear as we discuss the issues of the day. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about last week's Republican presidential debate. What did we learn from it? Where does the race go from here? You're listening to Where We Are. This is where we are. We are the wares. I'm Michael. I'm Alyssa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. We've had a banner weekend so far. It has been like peak fall. Uh, we went to Maryland's Italian Festival. We did. On Friday, we went to uh, we went apple picking this morning. Got our
1: favorite spot.
0: It's been it's been great. I'm ready for fall. Bring it on. <sighs>
1: Although it's going to be warm this week. I love a warm fall. I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there is it was just... delightful.
1: We had we had apple yes. cider donuts. Apple cider donuts are just the best. They're my favorite part.
0: When they're fall. warm. Yes. Yeah, Freshly yeah. baked. No, very good. The girls loved it. The girls have been happy all, all weekend so far. Um, I got back from... A trip this week I was out at Westmont Westmont College was able to speak at Chapel on Wednesday and had a great time great time out there for any listeners at Westmont. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks for having me uh, on your campus uh, this week I love I love Westmont. I love Christian higher ed um, and it was it was really wonderful. The students out at Westmont um, got to hear. A little bit of stuff from the book. They 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 uh uh and I, I was I was happy to uh be able to be able to speak to them and you know Santa Barbara's not 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 too shabby.
1: Seriously the best place for a university. So beautiful.
0: So beautiful. <laughs> well I was out there just and just like ten miles away from me uh was the Republican presidential debate that oh. was held. Yep, no, I was I was I was so close, Melissa. So close. So close to it, um, and let let's let's talk about it. Let's do Let's it. dive in, Melissa. I had to watch it after the fact because I had festivities and and uh, obligations. You watched it live. I did. I, I have watched the full debate, so so we're we're both uh, up to speed. But as someone who watched it live, uh, what? What what were your first impressions?
1: So first impressions after around thirty to forty-five minutes is that the networks this time around were Fox Business and Univision. The first debate was Fox and you know everything, you know, there were some culture worry type questions, but that's typical for networks to be doing these days. But, you know, they're they're trying to ask substantive questions. Uh and and it just feels really disconnected from reality because you have the the front runner trump who is up by more than double digits through i know we don't have enough polling in a lot of the states but nationally he's been up by double digits that's the story around him that he's just wiping the floor with all these candidates even if he combined them that they wouldn't be beating him sort of thing and the questions just feel disconnected from the race in general because we have a candidate who's not even there and it means that you've got this group of people who are debating you know, key Republican issues or key issues that are of concern to Republican voters. Some of them sort of not because they go more towards the culture war, but they're being asked anyways. And then you've got Trump giving a speech on the side to a different group of people. And he skipped it the last time and did an interview with Tucker Carlson. It just feels like these networks haven't figured out how to deal with that point. And then the campaigns themselves have sort of I feel like taking an easier road in sort of pretending like, okay, he's not there. So we're not going to, you know, go after him too much unless you're Chris Christie, Chris Christie, he, his campaign team obviously has made Trump the focal point. Trump remained the focal point for Chris Christie the second time around with the second debate, but the rest of these campaigns are sort of like pretending like it feels like they're in la la land planning wise with um, how exactly they're crafting their answers. And, and, Maybe Michael, you'll disagree with me on that point specifically from a from a Governor Ron DeSantis point of view and how he performed in this debate, which I think you and I will agree that he did very well this time around. Uh, but I, I, that's my that was my overall first impression, and then the second impression is that none of all of these candidates Vivek Ramaswamy for a second time in a row got completely under their skin, and for somebody like uh, former Governor Nikki Haley. That's the sort of place where you start to get into caricature. You start to to get into meme land. You start to get into comparisons between Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg of the 2020 campaign. And I'm not really sure how much longer that that can last for her. Uh, I'll end it there for first impressions. But what were yours with watching it back?
0: Yeah, well, so first, just to do some context setting, uh, September was an awful month for... Uh, anyone who wants to see someone other than Trump be the Republican nominee, uh, including the candidates up on that stage, Trump's polling was incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. We passed Labor Day, which, uh, you know, is, is uh, you know, typically, the, you know, you talk about Labor Day in the context of, of general elections held in November, but, you know, um, it... You know, it, it also kicks off the sort of fall push into primary season. Yeah. And we've we've, we've been, you know, we're now entering October. Mm-hmm. And if anything, Trump has solidified uh, control of the race. And so that that's the context for this. National polling is very strong, but also like we're not seeing state polling close uh, at this point. Ron DeSantis has had a, you know, his debate performance was underwhelming. We saw Nikki Haley take a bump in polling, take a bit of a bump in fundraising. Uh, and we've seen chatter just this week, renewed chatter about Yunkin jumping in as sort of like a, a, a white knight for the establishment class. Um, Tim Scott. You know who was picking up speed going into and then definitely coming out of um, uh, going into the first debate. uh, His campaign has not had; uh, he's lost momentum. So that's some of the some of the context. Uh, I mean, there's other context. Mike Mike Pence still hasn't gained footing, and I think the rationale for his candidacy continues to be something that 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 people. Uh, are increasingly coming to understand just just isn't there it just doesn't fly uh the I think lost a bit of a momentum out of the first debate and I think as people get more serious about the race I do think his his sort of uh, uh approach um uh, isn't going to be successful so so that's a bit of the context on the debate I thought governor DeSantis had a great night i'll I'll just um, I thought DeSantis had a had had a had a really strong night. Uh, we started to see him get a, a couple of dings in on Trump. Nothing too too uh, too forceful, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: he repeat he several times in the debate said that Trump was missing in action um, and looked straight to the camera. I know there are all these memes about how awkward he is. Da da da. I I thought he. I thought he was strong in presentation for completely this, agree for I this debate.
1: It's becoming ridiculous at this point. Sort of zooming in on his smile. I mean, come on, people.
0: Yeah, I. Um, I saw this debate as a move towards the establishment for him. Yes. Which I think is actually where he needs to be. I think it's responsive to Nikki Haley bringing up some support. I also think uh, he lost some donors who want a Trump alternative That's right. after the first debate and he wants to reestablish himself as the person not just for the votes but for the money if you want to defeat Trump. If someone else takes that title, if if Youngkin jumps in and is able to, to do it if Nikki Haley or Tim Scott uh, get in, uh, or, or sort of sort of take that mantle, uh, Desantis uh, is in a is in a pretty tough position. Just as an example of what I thought was Desantis's strength, uh, let's play his final answer from from the debate.
2: Oh. What is your mathematical path?
0: Yes,
1: Governor Desantis in order to try to beat President Trump, who has a commanding and enduring lead in this race.
2: So, polls don't elect presidents. Voters elect presidents. And we're gonna take the case of the people in these early states. We're gonna do it in a state-by-state direction. And why? Because as Reagan said in his day, this is our time for choosing. We are not getting a mulligan on the 2024 election. Republicans have lost three straight elections in a row. We were supposed to have a red wave with inflation at 9%, it crashed and burned. Not in Florida, it didn't, we delivered it in Florida. And so we've gotta choose right, we've gotta win, and we need somebody that's gonna be able to serve two terms. So in January of 2023, they'll be able to address the nation saying, we turned the economy around, we secured the border, and we fended off the threat from communist China. As your president, I will get that job done. Uh, Governor Christie, I believe I did see you write something.
0: So, yeah, so that was him. For much of the night, I, I, I thought a certain strength, a certain clarity, he brought up his military service, which I think a lot of Americans don't know that he went, yes. uh, that he enlisted, Um I, I thought he spoke uh, well and, and invoked his record in Florida in a strong way um i I thought he looked like um uh, he looked he looked uh, he, he had command in in this debate it wasn't an, it wasn't a 10 out of 10 performance but I thought it was a significant improvement over his performance last month, and uh, I, I think there were probably some, some again, you know, conservative uh, donors who uh, maybe were ready to jump ship had he not had a great debate performance who will hang on until until the next one. So I thought DeSantis did himself some favors in this debate. I thought Tim Scott was much stronger. Uh, in this debate than than the first debate, a lot of questions on social media about the the last twenty minutes, half hour of the debate. Him and Haley went at it. Mm-hmm. If you listen to this podcast, you already know exactly why that happened. Yeah, and this is why <laughs> this is why we have been have been saying this so that you you know so that when you're watching the debate, you go oh, I know why this is happening. This, this seemingly inexplicable uh, sort of contest and mini debate that is happening. I know why it's happening. And just as a reminder or for new listeners, uh, this is one of the vital primaries within the primary. Uh, Scott and Haley, know they both can't go into South Carolina on the ballot. And so they need to settle who will be South Carolina's candidate ahead of South Carolina. Um, or I should say they don't want to go into South Carolina. Perhaps their 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 egos or some kind of strategy will will, will uh, mean that they'll both end up on the ballot. But th- that comes with such tremendous risk that both of them want to want to do everything that they can to make sure the other is out of this race at least before South Carolina Uh, heads to the polls for their primary and so that's why what we saw you know we we saw uh, I think both of them were waiting for like the first one to make the attack and then you and, Mm -hmm. and really it was it was Haley and then you saw Scott sort of unload some of the opposition research he had mentioning not only a gas tax but again and what seemed inexplicable to uh, to many uh, folks on social media, and what didn't land—I don't think the punch landed—but he he attacked uh, Haley for uh, uh, ha- having new new curtains in her office as UN ambassador mm-hmm. to the UN, saying that it was uh, uh, he, he said uh, that Governor Haley had never seen a federal dollar she didn't she didn't like. Um, so so it was interesting to see the two of them go at it a bit. I will say I'm not, not quite sure either one of them landed a knockout punch uh, yeah. to be to be sure. I think Haley was strong again.
1: Yep, definitely strong.
0: Um I will say Governor Bergham, I think had a had a better I think improves. this is the kind of a, a performance that I think he wanted in the first debate. He was ignored. And to the moderators, the moderators, there's a line between being enforcing the rules and being disrespectful. Yes. And I do think that the way that they enforced the rules, the way that they um, were snide towards candidates. Yes. uh, You know, crop. It did not help the, the dignity of of the event, uh, of of the debate. Um, and then I should just say about Christie. Actually, let's let's play Governor Christie's final answer uh, in the debate because I think it'll it'll resonate with many of you. It resonated with me, to be sure.
2: State, I believe, excuse me, and I Governor Christie, I believe I did see you write something on the card. Who no, <laughs> no, but I'll certainly tell you. Go. Okay. Yeah. Look, I think I've been the only one on this stage who's been clear about this. I vote Donald Trump off the island right now and the reason I vote him off the island and, you will and there were and, but, any of the, no, of the people no, on the stage you know what? Think, huh? every person on this stage has shown the respect for Republican voters to come here, to express <laughs> their views honestly, candidly, and directly and to take your questions honestly I have respect for every man and woman on this stage because they've done it Vivek, put your hand down for a second would you? Um, I still got I still got time, dude so, so chill out um, here, look this guy has not only divided our party; he's divided families all over this country. He's divided friends all over this country. I've spoken to people, and I know everyone else has, who have sat at Thanksgiving dinner or at a birthday party and can't have a conversation anymore if they disagree with Donald Trump. He needs to be booted off the island and he needs to be taken out of this process. Get back 15 seconds.
0: And so, yeah, I thought, I thought Governor Christie, uh, had a a good night in terms of representing himself, his point of view, I think playing the role he's supposed to play in this, which is turning folks' attention early on, uh, to Donald Trump. I guess one more thing I want to say about the, about the debate specifically, and then I have a number of things to say about sort of what the debate brings to mind for me.
1: Yeah, I have a thought there too.
0: Um, the the debate opened with a question on the strike, on the UAW yes. strike and the economy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and it was it was just kind of incredible to see the these candidates give their own reasons for why the workers are upset that don't take into account what the workers are actually saying. Yes. <laughs> and so you know, all of that basically said, you know, the workers are striking because of Biden. You know, like the the, the workers are striking because of um, because of government spending, um, and like I, I just I understand the argument they're making, mm-hmm. but that's not why workers are striking. Yep. And so you 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 you, you need to. Um, I, you 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 need to be able to respond to what people are actually saying. Now they they don't they don't they don't they don't want to, and that's the other thing I'll say about this debate, which is that uh, it's become a trope that you know the candidates never answer the actual questions. Mm-hmm. But in this debate, it was it was just insane, especially Mike Pence. Mike Pence does not care what question is asked of him. He was asked about DACA, and he spoke for three minutes. He doesn't say anything yeah, about he DACA. He had a lot of lines
1: I, memorized. I mean, it
0: it was uh it was incredible. There were a lot of canned lines to your point. Mm-hmm. Some of them worked better than others. I will say, look, if Donald Trump had rolled out some kind of nickname for somebody, everyone would have said, Oh, what a genius. Da-da-da. Uh I I watched it live. I, I don't think. I don't think Christie's Donald Dunk uh, uh, Donald Duck line was like that. That cringe, as as Gen Z would say. And you know the fact that there were so many Never Trumpers who were who were ridiculing it, and it's it it was just like a reminder of. The fact that so much of this never Trump stuff is like plat- individuals platform building—it's like it's I, all, how about you just swallow it and go with it? He's ducking the debate. I think it's like a—it's not—it's not a—it's not, not going to win any awards. But you know, just the just the fact that at, at, we're all consuming this as, as entertainment. Uh, we're all judging whether whether it landed exactly right. Um, it, you know, like. It, it's it's a critique that makes that makes sense, uh, um, and for all these people pining for someone to take it to Trump, and then someone does, and it's like, well, you know, he he really, you know, if the delivery would have been ten percent different this way, then then maybe I would have it's, applauded a, it.
1: Let, let's just call it, it is. It was one of the most, in terms of the response that I saw on like Twitter and things, it was one of the most elitist conversations yes. of the debate that I was reading online. It was beyond ridiculous, but yeah, I. Christy, um, you know him talking about Trump napping on the stage. It was towards that end as well, where at the end of the debate, where I had been feeling this going into it, but I hadn't like quite articulated it in my head. And you know, like I'm not a Republican voter, so I'm always constantly thinking about like how you know,
0: a Republican, how yeah. a
1: Republican voter would be feeling towards a lot of things. And if I, it finally solidified in my head what I feel like is going on, and I and to me, if I'm feeling like this. As a Democrat I can't even imagine how it could be amplified potentially in a Republican voter but the the power dynamics here that with the first debate about Trump not being there it was being framed and it was being talked about and the rationalizations around it was he's this is going to be a, a fear of missing out situation of FOMO situation where you know he's being left out everybody's gathered here at this debate but this time around Fine. And I always felt kind of uncomfortable with that kind of like explanation of like, you know, he won't help it being able to jump in and he'll come in on the second or third debate. And, um, you know, this is where all the talk is happening and the momentum of the campaign is just that's just not true. Because the second time around, the power lied with Trump being outside of the debate. And actually, it felt like all these candidates sitting in this room were the ones sitting there with FOMO with the fear of missing out and that in some ways that kind of it, what it brings up sort of in some ways like from an emotional place especially with our politics is that fear of missing out you start to feel like this is not where the cool t- kids table is at this is not where um this is not where the power lies this is not where the conversation is happening this is not where the momentum is happening you know he he is so far ahead that he does not need to be there at all, and nobody can really address him in any kind of way. That it just feels like, what is this even for? What is the actual point? Uh, and that that sort of solidified for me towards the towards the end of this debate, especially with statement with that sort of closing statement from Christie of him being, you know, out of the room, and this is where it's at. It's kind of like, oh, it kind of feels like the opposite. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean they're trying to make do with what they, with what they have, which is that they're running against a front runner who's 30 points ahead. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it does, so far, the idea that Donald Trump is disrespecting uh, Republican primary voters uh, does not seem to be taken too seriously by no. Republican primary voters. Yes. Um, but I think part of the issue is that they're not really tuning in yet. Um,
1: another thing, yeah.
0: You know, we do have, you know, it's basically less than, uh, uh, basically it's like four months to, to, to voting. Um, I mean, more, uh, a little less than four months. Yeah.
1: The first caucus. Well, I mean the first Voting as the caucus in Iowa on January fifteenth,
0: and so like, look, this this thing is gonna, this thing is gonna turn. I, I I think. I'd be surprised if the next debate you didn't hear more talk of Trump. Uh, uh, that 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 sites weren't trained on him a bit more. I think these candidates are worried about. Uh, sort of cutting off their chances uh too too soon their cautiousness could be could be fatal mm-hmm. with a with a with a with a front runner at 60 percent but I, I I do think that they are um, particularly DeSantis is saying look if if I can maintain my second position, my, my position is number two in this race, no matter how strong. We're going to see candidates drop out after Iowa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: South Carolina, if, 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 if DeSantis could take advantage of his place in sort of the Sun Belt, and uh, if DeSantis can come in first or second in South Carolina... It's possible that that clears the field mm-hmm. and it's yes. just him and Trump. And then you head into Super Tuesday with, you know, uh, 90% of the delegates not yet decided. And I think DeSantis is hoping that he'll be in a position where not just all of the never Trump, uh, we're not just. The non-Trump voters will be behind him, but all of the non-Trump leaders, everyone on the debate stage, I think I think v- uh, Vivek will probably uh, endorse Trump, try to be number two, um, but everyone other than Vivek, I I think DeSantis sees them as a possible endorser, and so what happens? You have you know, maybe Trump has a ceiling in the Republican primary of sixty-five, uh, seventy, you know, maybe if, if he's able to get to seventy, then, then you know, that that's that's pretty good. But let's say Trump's ceiling is more sixty-five, sixty. How much how many voters would it move to have just a a chorus? A relentless chorus of of ads, of endorsers, of cable news just blanketed with all the people in this race. I mean, kind of like we saw mm-hmm. when Buttigieg, Klobuchar, all the Democrats endorsed Biden. Yes, you know, and I and I think the if there is a way to beat Trump, it will be it will be quick it will be like a like a switch goes off. Like I don't think I don't think Trump loses in like a war of like attrition. Um I I think he loses we'll know when he's lost. <laughs> like we'll know yes. when the momentum has has turned. And I think DeSantis and some of these other candidates are hoping that they'll they'll be in the position to take to take the benefit of that if 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 it happens, if they're able to to create that moment, just one other thought, Melissa, and I know you have something to say, which is, it did occur to me watching this debate. Um, you know, so right, so part of uh, the the way polarization works is that people's sort of convictions. Are are fluid, yes, and determined in large part by what, like the in group critique is of the out group. And if there's any leading critique of Joe Biden, it's that he's too old, yes, uh, and that he can't serve for uh, he won't he won't he won't uh, uh, he's he's not assured of serving the full. Second term, there was an interesting moment in the debate. Um, I believe it was DeSantis who said this. I may be wrong, but one of the and it wasn't a big moment. It just kind of slipped in. But one of the candidates, and again, I think it was DeSantis, said, "You know, the Republican Party deserves a candidate who's going to be able to serve eight eight years." Yes, and. It, it, it just, it, it just was DeSantis because yep. I
1: also perked up at this moment too. So, I know exactly where you're going with this. So
0: it just like hit me. I don't think it's the kind of thing where you want to like start, you know, rolling it out, you know, now in like a big way. But we're going to have three, four more months of Republicans just hitting Biden on being too old, of that being like, the thing that you could say about Biden that even if you're talking to Democrats, like they won't disagree with it necessarily. Like yep. they'll just kind of give you that one. And so that makes you, that makes like Republicans feel all the, all the much better. It's like, well, this is like a clear way to see, obviously it has, you can't go with Biden, he's too old. Everyone knows that. Um, it's gonna be an, it could be an interesting moment if we get down to a two-person race uh, January February March for the age critique to be used against Trump and if you could get enough people on that message not just saying this isn't who we want to go into a race with Biden with but but saying saying you know we need eight years of Republican control Trump can't assure us of that um, of yes, yes, making the the case that he's not the strongest person to take the age, uh, the age debate to Biden. You know, you're gonna have a Republican electorate that is basing its argument against Biden on age, and mm-hmm. so so it just it just it just um, I would not be surprised if uh, if this race led in a direction. Uh, where Trump's age becomes a, t- a topic of conversation
1: Completely agree I have thought this for for months on end will this actually come back to bite them because uh, when we did we did do an episode on the age debate uh, several weeks ago and when I created the graphic for it what I went and did was I put Biden's age and I put Trump's age just to sort of remind people that they're very close in age actually um, when you sort of get up there for your uh, that's not a real big difference and I and because I've been thinking the entire time, Does this argument only work against Democrats or will it actually work against Trump or Republicans? Um, And I completely agree with you that there could be a real opening there. The only thing that I wanted to say, and it was to the point just before this, so perhaps we've lost the thread, but I do want to say something occurred to me that, you know, with if, say with DeSantis, like you could see somebody like DeSantis happening pretty quickly, where if. Uh, a bunch of the other candidates got behind him, then a a bunch of momentum would be behind him, and then you might have actually somebody viable to challenge Trump and the kind of uh, levels that he's pulling at right now, is I would imagine, if I were the DeSantis team, the candidate that I'd be talking to right now actively and trying to convince him to drop out and support uh not like you know next week but maybe in, in a few weeks so that the spark happens maybe just before some of the first voting starts would be Chris Christie the DeSantis team should be talking to Chris Christie especially with how he's polling in New Hampshire and if DeSantis could take on Christie's polling numbers in New Hampshire I disagree I why? disagree Why
0: I think you want Christie on the stage as someone who's, who's reliably going to go after Trump. Get
1: Trump. No, that's why I say several weeks from now. I don't say, I don't say next week.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, I, if, if I, if my I'm Michael, talking like end of December. Okay. Well, of well, well, okay. We're in, we're not, we're in September now. So, a couple, so yeah. Yeah. It's I think October you
1: want, 1st, Michael.
0: I Not, <laughs> not when we're recording. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I thought you were going to say and I've said something similar on the podcast before but I thought you were going to say Pence. No. I think Pence is the endorser you want. Not on the stage. On the stage he still thinks he's going to be president and and it's too muddled but if if someone could convince Pence to drop out and become uh, sort of um. Say this is the person who's going to carry on the policies of the Trump Pence administration, uh, but here's why why Trump shouldn't be president. Like I think Pence is the most effective endorser out there in the race. I think Christie's effective on the stage, and then I think once he's off, I mean Christie's you know fine on on the Sunday morning shows, but I don't think Christie's bringing. Uh, except to your point to, no, in New well, Hampshire, well, what I, to New Hampshire, no, you know I, the, the, Christie's endorsement w- w- will send a signal that maybe who he endorses is the never is the non-Trump, you know, the Trump alternative.
1: All I'm talking about is is New Hampshire. It's the second state. If Trump trounces, you know, is DeSantis in Iowa, and DeSantis, DeSantis does get second, but you know, was sort of trounced. A great thing would be if his numbers greatly improve in New Hampshire, and Chris Christie would be the person to hand him the vote, the amount of votes that he would need to really build up those numbers. If the state polling is correct right now, which we don't have enough state polling.
0: But no, but that's exactly how this plays out, right? Yeah. I mean, Christie makes an endorsement sometime between Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, and that's. I don't think it's decisive at all, but it could be part of a surprise winner in New Hampshire for sure. No, I think that's right. Okay. Uh, all right, that's that's our our recap of the debate. We're really interested what you thought of it. And so let us know. And uh, thanks for listening. We love doing the show for you. I would ask that you leave a review On iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. And uh, we'll be back next week. This is Where We Are. Bye.